Welcome to Naked Accounting. I'm Magna Gopal. And I'm Leon Rose. Folks, today we have a very special guest and a lovely friend of ours, Mr. Dwayne Kingston. Hello, everyone. How's it going? There's only us three here, Dwayne. (laughs) 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 This guy is funny. He's never stopped, isn't he? You know what's funny is, Dwayne, I've known you for a long time, but it's only recently because of quarantine and our Shisha Shit Talk Sunday sessions that we've actually been way more connected and much more frequently connected. Yeah, the social abuse of my lungs every Sunday has, you know, has brought us all closer <laughs> together, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we'll be dying for different reasons. <laughs> but it's funny, the, 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 the amount of time I've known Dwayne, I think this is the most time we've spoken, right? Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. Um, and I think, that, you know, it's funny, you know, quarantine means, uh, you know, be alone. But in a way, we kind of brought us all, you know, closer together. So kudos to that. Speaking of which, I feel like we've all known each other a very long time. So, Leon, how long have you known Dwayne? Or Dwayne, how long have you known Leon, rather? <laughs> I don't want to do the math on, on this podcast, but since 2005, approximately, we met in, pa- met in Paris. Uh, 15 you know, years, let's say. Yeah, you know, that's the, the easiest the math to do right now. Okay, there we go. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're a smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing hand signals as well. Talking about being smart, I'm doing hand signals on an audio podcast. <laughs> well, so you and I've kind of met around the same, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually um in in New York. Um that's when we kind of started to know each other a bit more. I, I did run into you, I mean, casually in Toronto, um, went salsa dancing, and then I saw you, I think probably the same year or the year after in New York. That's right. So yeah, you a lot of are... people do run into Magna because of the hype. <laughs> oh, run over. Said, run over her, run over her magnet, more like it. <laughs> so Dwayne, you are living where now? I'm currently in Miami. I grew up in New York I mean, most of my life. And that's where I, you know, started this journey of dancing, like, like most of us uh, taking classes, you know, in Brooklyn, South of the Hoy, and then, you know, general classes with like Eddie Torres and Charisma and things like that, you know, being in the social scene. Um, but now I'm in Miami, enjoying it, palm trees, warm weather. How long have you been in Miami? Um, it's five years now. So do you dance out there too? Or did you stop dancing once you moved out there? No, I didn't stop dancing. I'm still, you know, always a social dancer, casual. And I mean, currently, you know, when obviously we're not dancing now, but, you know, I try to go dancing, you know, at least every two weeks or so. The local socials here in Miami, um, BTS. Uh, we have Holly, you know, oh, I remember BTS. Tuesdays. Yeah, which is um, a good friend of mine, Janet Nushatz, um, has a party every Tuesday here. So... Yeah, we keep in touch and do dancing. Is that, you, you took me there, right? I did. Actually, I took you there twice. Um, different times you came to Miami and we went dancing. Yeah. Okay. okay. BTS like is the, the only social I remember in Miami, to be honest. That's, I think yeah. the only one well, I ever attended. Yeah, BTS has been consistent through the years. Actually, actually, Magna, you know, I met you a couple of years. You was visiting uh, Miami and then I ran into you in, on a line. I was like, hey, what are you doing here? And it was at a BTS social and um, we danced in, and I still have that video. Um, you do? Okay, you got to send that to me. Yeah, it had like 150,000 hits, and then it, it took off, and then it came back. It had, you know, had another 60,000 hits. Oh, damn. That's, that's the dance that set Magda on her track, right? Is that what, yeah. what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I caught her early in her career. Um, I mean, obviously, with 150,000 hits, I mean, I'm not sure if it was just her. 
Yeah, man, Dwayne made my career. I'm so I'm ever <laughs> thankful for you, man. Hey, uh, at least I got it, you know, after like 15 years. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay, so I got a question for you because I've been to Florida a couple of times, but again, I've been to specific socials, which I think at that time it was like once a month BTS was doing their social. But for other friends of mine who have moved out to Florida, they said that the scene is still heavily Cuban. Is that the case? Because I know as a New York dancer, you used to go out to all the clubs out here where you have tons of onto dancers with a very rare occasion of running into somebody who dances on one and most of the time they're tourists, right? right. But in Florida, I think the predominant style is on one or not even Cuban. Well, it's a, it's a little, I won't say this, I won't say Florida, you know, but what I would say is South Florida or Miami specifically. I mean, there's a, you know, Miami is heavily populated by Cubans. There's a, a, a school called Salsa Lovers, you know, who focus on, on Rueda. Rene, Rene Geets, right? Re, re, yeah, that's the guy. And um, so he pretty much dominated the scene. But there's, um, I think, more in Broward County, which is, you know, a half, an, not, sorry, a half an hour north. Um, there's a lot more, um, you know, mambo on two dan- style dancers. And we have a good couple schools um, in the area of Broward County that strictly focuses, you know, on two. So really, as you get into Miami, which is more Cuban, it mm-hmm. becomes Cuban. And the Fort Lauderdale area, which is just 30 minutes away, a lot of people dance regular on two. Okay. Now, between New York and Florida, dance-wise, which do you prefer? I mean, obviously, like, New York has started it all. I mean, I don't know. It's because I'm getting old. When I go back, I don't see the creativity that we see, you know, we've seen, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, someone takes a, a class with a particular structure. It seems like everybody comes and has the same, the same look. Maybe it happened back in the days with people like, you know, Frankie Martinez, you know, whole Abiquois kind of danced like Frankie, help, help not to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but we definitely see that here. And maybe because it's still in, you know, the button stages. Um, I think one of the, the things about New York dancing as a whole is that you find people from different styles. So you might, you can tell when somebody danced that he's maybe from the Caribbean, or you could tell somebody had a hip hop kind of influence and that comes out and they dance. Um, as opposed to like really emulating the structure. So mm. that's what I liked about, you know, the New York flavor a little bit more than Miami. Miami is still like, I think in its infancy, especially when it comes to, you know, mambo dancing. And as we know, Rueda, the moves repeat itself. Everyone kind of right. does it the same way. But do you, I mean, I don't know how often you come back to New York now. And if you, when you come back, if you go out dancing, I, but do I you do. feel like New York is still the same as before? Do you feel like now New York is also in that um, phase of maybe losing its creativity? or I do. I, I, I do. I mean, um, I went to Jimmy's. I was home um, like right before the quarantine. I went to Jimmy's. And I was like, I seen feel the same flavor as, you know, when you kind of walk into Jimmy's and had that right corner, that kind of excitement and everyone. Oh, yeah. Best. Yeah. Right now, I, I don't feel it. Maybe because I'm, I'm old, you know. But um, I think it's a loss of step, in my opinion. This is what happens with dancers that have been going for more than 10 years. Everything back in the days was much better. It's more creative. It was more diverse and whatever else. And it goes back to the same thing where, you know, the older generation said, oh, the music was much better back in our day and whatever. So uh, the problem is when you've been dancing a long time, you kind of get to see everything. Right. right. So when you're in a place and you see a certain style and it, it, there's no not much diversity in there, you're like, hold on, what's going on here? I, back in the days, it was much better. But right. you know, I, I wonder, 
older generations in general, if you talk to them about how life was, right, they'll be like, ah, oh, technology, this and that. They'll complain about what it is today, right? But then those generations, their grandparents or their parents also complained about how the things have evolved. So I wonder if, if we are in fact truly work more creative and things are not as much so, or we're unable to see what that creativity is that that's happening right now, you know, and maybe the, in another generation, maybe the dancers that are starting out now might be like, Oh yeah, our generation was the most creative and everything that came after looks like carbon copies of each other. You know, I'm going to answer you back there. I think you're 50% correct. But I also think um, dance um, and any other artistic form goes through periods. I remember, you know, the Palladium era, that was a, a particular era. And then everyone said that it died after that. And they had, they had a period where dancing and mambo really became stagnant for a while. Then they had people on the West Coast, um, like Michael Bellows and, you know, Eddie got back in the scene and it took off again. So I think that there are pockets of time where the people just stop coming out and then... Mm. Somebody keeps the flame, you know, like you and Leon keep the flame going and it, you inspire another generation dances and they'll those come and then some talent sparks. It's like, oh, the scene comes again. So I think sometimes both, uh, we don't see the creativity and also it has like a natural, you know, high and low, you know, of, of popularity. And we right. can see those numbers in the Congresses as well. It's like, you know, a couple of years ago, the attendance was like so high. It kind of shrinks down for a while and then who knows what's going to happen, you know, after this and then people look for another social outlet and pick back up again. Right. Congress attendance, though, I also feel it's kind of like a combination of back then, there weren't that many events. There were some big events. So you, could, you didn't have the option of either going to a big event like New York Congress or LA Congress and throughout the year also going to a bunch of smaller events. You only had a few events, whereas now, you know, everyone and their moms got events. So yeah. <laughs> I think all, all it is is, is, is uh, technology. Technology yeah. is changing everything, you know. With, if we're talking about a hundred years ago, they, they they would only get to see dance or something creative in a in, in a certain time. You right. know, it wasn't available right. everywhere. And as it becomes more and more available, people are doing more and more. People are copying more and more. People are being a little bit more creative with what they have in front of them. Right. And right. now we're at the point where social media is the latest thing. So right. you're seeing everything with social media. So yeah. now this generation is getting a lot more thrown at them and they're taking it in their direction and any you know if we're looking at them saying well we've seen all of that but wait there's going to be a point where there's going to be moves that people are doing in a couple of years time none of us that are sitting here in the zoom meeting will be able to do right well <laughs> i might be able to but right. you two well, you're probably going to be the one to die first so let's not yeah let's not pretend you're going to be, <laughs> be alive that long you're the oldest here, aren't you? <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, 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 he just looks the oldest. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> Dwayne's got 10 years on me, man. Listen, the thing is, right, what we have here is we brought on somebody, a friend of ours, into the podcast, into our little world. And I think this is something that we should continue by sharing this podcast. Bring your friends into our world as well. Have a, have a listen and, uh, and share share the knowledge well it's not knowledge it's just share the podcast really <laughs> Dwayne, it is always a pleasure to connect with you and actually today it's interesting because i didn't even know that we all knew each other the same amount of time so it took us a podcast recording session to figure that out <laughs> another benefit of the quarantine 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we also know that you have a lot of other controversial topics brought up to us. So we'll definitely have you back on as a guest to address some of those other issues. We'll, we'll have to filter it on uh, one of the Sundays, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you so much, Dwayne, for joining us today. Thank you, Leon yes. Rose. Thank you, Magna Gopal. Talk to you guys soon. All right, man. See you next time.